Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, smirking at my unusual delivery, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I've got an idea for a movie, and it goes like this. It's about a boy who gets his finger caught in a bottle of Mr. Pibb. (laughs) You know, he mystifies me. If somebody can clue me in as to the genesis of that quote, please let us know. It's a fantastic song. All right, so... Today, we're we're going to talk about something that we can't believe we haven't talked about before. Yeah. In fact, we did a search just before we got it started on this podcast just to make sure we haven't talked about it before. And according to our search, we have never talked about YouTube, at least not well, specifically about YouTube. Right. I'm sure we've mentioned YouTube. Wait, Because what? how can you not? There, there's a site called YouTube? Yeah. So YouTube – Turns out it's a big thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to think uh, it's just six years old. Yeah, you know, it's a little six and a half. Right. So it's, <laughs> but it's it's hard to it's hard to think about the internet before YouTube because YouTube is just everywhere. Like either you're on the site or you're going to some blog or some news site that has incorporated a YouTube video into an article. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, not only that, but, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, um, Apple mobile operating system, iOS, famous for not using Flash, had to incorporate a, U- a YouTube specific app because YouTube used Flash on its, uh, delivery pages, right. video pages. So you couldn't go to YouTube, uh, on, via the web browser and watch it because it, Flash wasn't supported on the iOS. Right, right. So they, they made an app specifically for that. Of course, Android also has a, a YouTube app. Um, and and also we should go ahead and point out before anyone writes in that YouTube is uh, very busy converting over Flash videos to mm-hmm. HTML5. Yes, yes. So you can watch uh, on non-Flash enabled browsers of, yeah. of any type. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, video cameras now, you know, they're they're internet. Some of them are internet enabled, and you can uh, uh, go shoot ahead and, and upload, u- shoot and upload right away. Yeah. So I mean, just the fact that the feature is built in specifically so that you can upload your videos online. Yeah. Shows what kind of a difference YouTube has made in totally, our daily yeah. lives. Yeah. Uh, if I use my smartphone and I take a video, one of my options is I can share it directly to my YouTube channel immediately after I'm done uh, shooting it, assuming that I've got a connection strong enough to to send that data up to YouTube, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it means that it, that the user-generated content era uh, is really in full swing right now because you've got people who are reporting news events, they're capturing historic moments on their phones, and it's immediately sharing with billions of people around the world. Um, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's a, it's a great story to tell, right? Because you're like, hey, you know, that we often wonder what is the the personal experience of this particular historic event. Mm-hmm. And we know this historic event happened, but what was it like if you were there? And now, more often than not, we know because someone somewhere had a device that was capturing video and then they uploaded it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, believe it or not, this all began on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2005. Yeah. Uh, the, the It was the, the idea of three coworkers. Mm-hmm. Steve Chen, Chad Hurley, and Jawad Karim, 
who worked for a company called PayPal. PayPal. Yeah, also still around and doing well. So uh, they they I feel worked like for, I've heard of that. They, yeah, they were working for PayPal and they saw an opportunity. They thought, what if we created a website that would allow people to upload and share videos? Sort mm-hmm. of the same way that people were uploading and sharing photos, but. Right. You know, there were, there were a few sites online where you could find video online. It's not like video had never been done online before, but there wasn't a, a place to go to create an account and become a part of a user generated video site. Right. Right. And, uh, so they registered the domain name youtube.com in February of 2005. Yep. And the first video on youtube.com didn't go up until April, almost the end of April 2005. And again, this was uh, Jawad Kareem uh, <laughs> at the San Diego Zoo with some elephants. Yep. Uh, called Me at the Zoo. Yes. Yeah. Going to the zoo. Zoo. Okay. Anyway. Um, so yeah, he, 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 uh, this was not a huge internet sensation because at that time, no one could access YouTube. Uh, it wasn't until May that they launched a beta of the, of YouTube.com. And at that point. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So they, they launch a beta in, in 2005 of May and they attract around 30,000 viewers each day, mm-hmm. which for a site that's just launching is, that's pretty significant. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's a good amount of traffic to see people who, people who launch a brand new site that had no presence on the web beforehand. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it was doing pretty well, but then they decided to try and, um, Increase their membership uh, by running a promotion. Did you hear about this promotion that they did? I might have. So they're in beta, and uh, they run a promotion that says they will give away one iPod Nano per day through the end of the year. Oh, right. Which was a membership drive attempt, essentially. And it worked. Yeah. People started signing up like gangbusters, hoping to win one of those iPod Nanos. Mm-hmm. Well... Then you've got these three guys who say, look, we've got this video sharing site. We've got a huge amount of interest. Look at how many people are signing up per day. Mm-hmm. Look at how many mm-hmm. thousands of people are watching videos per day. So they start shopping that around to venture capitalists. And uh, that got venture capitalists interested in investing. And by November of 2005, uh, Sequoia – Invested three point five million dollars uh, in funding to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So this this site is half a year old. Right, right. It has no way of generating revenue at this point. There's mm-hmm. no way for YouTube to make money. There's they don't they don't have anything in place. They don't charge anyone for uploading stuff. And not only that, video has a pretty high bandwidth requirement. Yeah, and is uh, anyone who has their own website on their own web host knows uh, a lot of companies charge for the amount of bandwidth that you use. Now, yeah. uh, mine says it doesn't. Uh, however, if I had a website the size of Amazon on there, I don't know if it, they would change their tune like, or not. Okay, you know, like, we don't accept for YouTube. you. Yeah. You know. Like, so, no, n- now, now we're talking big bandwidth. Yeah, because you're talking about lots of resources dedicated on the network to keep your site going. Not just your site, like not just the servers that you're running and, right. and wherever you happen to be, but the actual backbone of the internet, you know, having to, um, to carry that traffic. And, and of course, there's arguments about whether or not that would slow down other traffic, and then there's arguments about whether or not 
that's the responsibility of the internet service provider versus the site owner. We're not going to get into all that. Plus, you make a good point. It's not really, when you think about it, it's not just bandwidth. It's also server space because video can be very resource intensive, both bandwidth and server space. And so uh, this is going to require some money to to keep it going and growing at that rate. Yeah, because YouTube does not take a peer-to-peer approach. It's not no. it's not like your video is hosted on your computer and people are watching it through, you know, YouTube's acting as some sort of uh, traffic controller and allowing people to watch it. Mm-hmm. No, you are uploading those videos to YouTube. Right. And so YouTube has to store those videos somewhere, which means that they have a server farm, actually probably Lots of them by now. Because well, by now. Especially, yeah, by now. But we'll, we'll get back to talking about 2005. Mm-hmm. So $3.5 million in funding. That lets YouTube continue to uh, to stay afloat and, and work and grow and kind of figure out what they're going to do. So by that time, they were up to about 2 million videos uh, viewed per day and 200,000 registered users. Okay. Uh, so you get down to December of 2005, December 15th, 2005, and YouTube uh, opens officially to the public. They are out of beta. So they got $3.5 million before even getting out of beta. Mm-hmm. Man, when I hear stories like this, I just think, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I wish I were smart like these guys. These guys, they just nailed it, right? Mm-hmm. So December 15th, 2005. Opens officially. There are 20 people working for YouTube. A staff of 20 people, around 20 people Mm -hmm. working for that company. And do you know what happened on December 17th, 2005? What happened? Two days out of beta. What's that? Lazy Sunday happened. The Saturday Night Live clip, which got posted to, to YouTube and started getting 2 million views per week. Um, that's also what helped launch Andy Samberg's, uh, you know, stardom, yeah. rise to stardom. Yep. Um, not that he hadn't started it on his own, you know, that right. in uh, Lonely Island. But sure. Um, actually, uh, according to my notes, um, NBC two months later said, you can't show this anymore. And YouTube pulled it down. Yeah. Of course, that just illustrates that copyright has been an issue for YouTube since From the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. It but will return. Yeah. The... Uh, I actually read something. I didn't write it down in my notes, so I don't have the specific date. Mm-hmm. But I did read something about how John Stewart appeared on um, a news talk show. It wasn't The Daily Show. It was some other show that he was on in his capacity as host of The Daily Show. And that more people viewed it on YouTube than they saw it on television. And so that was another one of those wake-up calls of, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is a big deal. Uh, so getting into January of 2006, by that time, users are watching around 25 million videos per day. So that's a h- astronomical number. I mean, you think about – It's less it, than a year old. Less than a year old. It went from 30,000 views a day when it first launched to over t- 25 million videos per day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by March of that year, users were uploading 20,000 videos per day. Yeah. So you've got 20,000 videos being uploaded each day. You've got 25 million videos being watched each day. It's, it, you know, it's clearly a phenomenon. And then in April of 2006, YouTube gets another $8 million in funding from, uh, from venture capitalists because at that point their bandwidth costs were around $1 million per month. 
It's pretty significant. Yeah, still didn't have any way of generating revenue, by the way. So you've got this company that, again, sounds familiar, doesn't have any way of making money, is very expensive to operate, and is incredibly popular. And so you have this question of, well, it's amazingly popular, and if it went away, people would be really upset. And uh, there's got to be opportunity here. We just haven't been able to create it yet. Uh, Do you back that horse, or do you say, you know what, I... It's an interesting idea, but I just don't think my money is going to be safe there. Well, if you were one of those capitalists back in 2006, I hope you backed your horse. <laughs> well, you know, if if, if I were, uh, let's say, working for a very large company at this point, I would be thinking, wow, look at this. You know, they, they, they don't have a plan. Yep. Uh, but it's obvious there's opportunity here. And uh, if we if we say purchase them outright. Yeah. We could, uh, we could, we could make a lot of this, uh, or it could, it could, you know, be too much for us to handle if we can't find a way to monetize it. If we just had some creative people who were really good at finding ways to make money from something like this, we could buy these guys outright. Yeah. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. I are mean, you, you'd have you, to be somebody big. You're, you're foreshadowing. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Well, do you know what happened on April 6th, 2006? No, I don't. One of the greatest YouTube videos of all time was uploaded to YouTube. Oh, yes? Yes. One of the ones that for for many, many ages held the title of the most watched YouTube video of all time. It is no longer that that video, by the way. I will tell you what is the most watched video of all time on YouTube toward the end of the podcast. Okay. Is this uh, the evolution of dance? The evolution of dance. <laughs> yes. Uh, which at the time of the recording of this podcast has about 182.5 million views. That's a lot of views. That's a lot of that's, views. That's still one of the most yeah. watched videos. Uh, especially when you talk about user generated. Oh, yeah. Because the one that has taken the top spot now is not a user generated video. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll we'll go back into that and, ex- and talk about that in a little bit because YouTube's gotten so big now that major players in other forms of media have partnered with YouTube because you- YouTube's where the audience is. Yeah. Right? I mean, you have these major players that could be putting their stuff on their own sites, and most of them do. But if the audience is already at YouTube, it makes sense to partner with them and, and not fight with them. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. So – uh, yeah, that, that launched on April 6th. That was, that was, uh, first uploaded then. And if you don't know what the evolution of dance video is on YouTube, you should go check it out. It is pretty entertaining. It's a guy who, named Judson, who does a, uh, series of dances from various eras. And it's not truly an evolution because he jumps around in the timeline quite a little bit, but it is an entertaining, uh, show of some of the more ridiculous dance moves that, that human beings have created over time. And he's quite, Quite funny in the way he strings them together. He does it in a very, very fluid and funny way. Um, and if you haven't seen it, then that's pretty remarkable since 182 million point five, <laughs> you know, people, well, maybe not people, views. Yes. Cause some of those are probably repeat viewings. Um, and then you get to, uh, right around that time, YouTube accounted for 43% of all the videos viewed on the internet mm-hmm. back in uh, in 2006. So if you were watching a video on the internet, there was nearly a 50-50 chance that it was on YouTube. Wow. Yeah, and you, so it's YouTube and everybody else, and 43% of them is YouTube. That is 
That's impressive. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge for anything, anything on the internet. If you're like, you know, I sell shoes on the internet and 43% of the people who buy shoes on the internet do it through my store, that means, you know, all of your competitors added together are just barely more of the market than you are. That is a huge story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get into July of 2006. Right. At that point, they hit 100 million videos viewed per day. And the staff, this this was reflected in YouTube's hiring craze. Mm-hmm. They went from a staff of 20 to just over 30. <laughs> Clearly, they were drunk with power. <laughs> um, now, this is a good example. Behind because the YouTube. I mean, we should also point out YouTube launched after the bubble burst in the dot-com bubble. Yeah. So presumably they were able to learn from some of the mistakes made by companies in the dot-com bubble where they th- there were other companies before the bubble burst that started to get big, got a huge uh, uh, investment going where lots of people were pouring money into these companies. Mm-hmm. They expanded out of control far beyond their capability of managing that. Yeah. And then they collapsed. YouTube took a different view. They're, they they expanded, but it wasn't like they went from a staff of twenty to a staff of two hundred to a staff of right. two thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were doing it in a much more controlled way. Which is, you know, I don't know any of the founders of YouTube. They won't return my calls, but I assume <laughs> that they were they were doing this in a very deliberate way. Yeah, you know, they weren't hiring people just because they could hire people. They were hiring the people they needed, which is you know great advice. Uh, so now we're getting into October 2006, and this is where the foreshadowing that Chris was uh, uh, was uh, engaged in earlier pays off. Yes. So it was uh, October 9th, 2006, when a certain announcement hit the uh, the interwebs. Yes. Which I know some of you hate, so I'm going to say it again. The interwebs. The series of tubes. The series of tubes, yes. This was when a certain large company said that it was interested in purchasing YouTube for a tidy little sum. Only 1.65 billion. With a B. With a B dollars. Yeah. That so, is a big, with a B yeah. number. When you factor in all the investment money we've talked about up to this point, it range, it's right around 12 million with an M. So for a company to come out and say, I want to buy you for 1.65 billion with a B, you listen. And of course that, uh, that company's name was Google. Yep. Google. And, uh, Google, uh, was saying, Hey, you know, we see potential in this, in this as a, uh, we think that this is a valuable company. Uh, we want it to be part of ours. And at that time, that was the most Google had ever paid for an acquisition. Yes. Uh, since then, Google has thrown money around like it was nothing. But at back in 2006, $1.65 billion, that was the biggest acquisition they had made up to that point. Yes, yes. And so they I, got a lot for their money, though. Oh, they sure did. They got a lot of bandwidth charges for their money. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so you want to continue with your timeline because that's that's where my timeline, where I ended, and I started focusing on more kind of stats about YouTube. But you've got more about their history. If you have any other highlights you would like to hit, yeah, um, yeah, I, I actually pulled part of my time from the the brief but impactful history of YouTube by uh, David Lidsky. And this was actually done uh, in February 2010. There have been some other stuff, uh, other significant events. That's probably the biggest uh, – that's probably where the, the YouTube – the pure YouTube timeline ends to some degree. Um, 
But there are some some important events since the Google acquisition. One of the first was the um, the presidential debate. July twenty third, two thousand seven, was the first uh, YouTube CNN debate, um, and people were allowed to submit their own questions on video. So that aired, although that aired on um, on national TV, mm-hmm. uh, it also it was sort of a marriage between uh, TV and YouTube, which was you know, a very different sort of uh, opportunity for debate because usually the questions for a presidential debate are decided upon by, you know, the news agencies uh, and people who are preparing these and they're unveiled right then and there. Um, let's see. Uh, and, and seven of the 16 presidential candidates in the 2008 presidential election uh, in the United States were uh, announced on YouTube. Um, so that just shows that, the politics in the United States are being influenced by uh, the audiences who are tuning in mm-hmm. to the Internet. Um, Susan Boyle in uh, 2009 became a celebrity on YouTube. Uh, you know, we've talked about people that that's probably why you were thinking that we had a YouTube episode, because we were talking about people uh, who got picked up after being. Uh, that's true. We talked about people who became like celebrities like Mr. Bieber. Yeah, well, what, and that's foreshadowing. Um, let's see. Uh, in October 2009, YouTube passed a billion videos per day. You know, you've but, you've skipped over a very important date in YouTube history. Which one was that? January 30th, 2009. Which one? What what what, what happened then? There was a a video that I think is incredibly important that was uploaded on January 30th, 2009. Does it involve a very furry personality? No. Okay. No, no, no. Keyboard Cat was before that, I, I was going to say. No, two, January 30th, 2009 was... Annoying Orange? Is this real life? <laughs> I have two fingers. <laughs> I have four uh, fingers. David after Dennis. Yeah, which, again, we, you know, you were just talking about Susan Boyle becoming a big celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Well, some other you know, folks became sort of celebrities, too, through YouTube videos that just went viral, and uh, David after the Den- after the dentist is a, a viral video that hit over a hundred million views, almost a hundred and one million views as of the recording of this podcast, mm-hmm. and um, that's you know again an example of how powerful YouTube had become at that point because uh, through their partner program, which we'll talk about in a second you could actually start making money off of a video that you were just going to share. I mean, there was never any necessarily intent on the part of David's father to make money off this video. He just thought, my son is hilarious, yeah. and and I want to share this with people, and it just took off from there. And afterward, he actually started making some serious cash off that. In fact, there are people who have been able to quit their day job because their YouTube channel took off. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Um, and speaking of that, too, I mean, um, uh, basically, according to Mr. Litsky's article, uh, you know, in, in October, they did pass a billion videos per day. Um, but the thing is, uh, even though they had revenue of about $240 million that year, they spent $700 million storing and serving the video. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, there are other bits and pieces. Um, there are a lot of bits. Actually. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, you know, the partnerships you mentioned with some of the the uh, content agencies, yeah. because they're uh, up until this point, we've kind of avoided talking about um, 
you know, people who had butted heads with YouTube over yeah. uh, licensing and copyright issues. We should probably touch on that, in fact. In fact, the, the most famous one was Viacom. Yes. The, the Viacom. Viacom uh, sued YouTube. Yes. For copyright infringement, because what was happening was that you had users that were uploading videos that contained copyrighted material. Music and videos. Music videos were a big one, or using songs um, that Sony also was looking into, uh, you know, yep. lawsuits against Google. But using music that was licensed music that hadn't been licensed for that video, that was a big no-no. And you see that all the time on YouTube. You can oh, sure. open up, like, any YouTube video that's a montage of stuff, and there's usually some unlicensed music playing in the background. And if uh, someone makes a complaint, YouTube will actually take either take the video down or sometimes they'll just strip the soundtrack out of a video. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a video that originally had music set to it and now it's silent. And you might wonder, well, why does this video have no noise or sound or anything? And that's probably the case. It's that they had originally put some sort of uh, unlicensed music in the background and YouTube had to respond to a complaint. But you uh, you also had folks just uploading uh, television episodes, usually in segments, because originally YouTube limited you to 10 minutes of video per video when you upload it, if you weren't a partner. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's 15 minutes. And uh, if you're a partner, you don't have those limitations. Right. But, uh, you know, people would upload m movies in batches. Like it'd be, um, I don't know, we'll say uh, uh, Gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins, part one of 12. Right. And part two of 12 and part three of 12. And people would watch these these movies, uh, and, and you know, YouTube was the one that was being held responsible for it. And Viacom was really seeking huge amounts of damages for this. And um, eventually, this was settled. Uh, the uh, what happened was that the the judge in the case came to the conclusion that uh, uh, they were YouTube was protected under the. Um, uh, under one of the the copyright acts, and that they had they were had safe harbor, so that they weren't the ones held responsible for what users were doing. Right. That was YouTube's com uh, stance. Was that you know, we provide a place for people to upload video. We're not we're not the ones putting the videos up. We're we're providing the landscape for right. those videos. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was June 2010. New York D District Court granted a request for a summary judgment and held that YouTube is protected by the safe harbor of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And uh, that's what allows YouTube to continue to work. And, and YouTube does have a policy that if someone is posting video that violates intellectual property, the owner of the intellectual property can request for that video to be taken down mm -hmm. or they can leave it up because some some companies have said, you know, this video has gotten really, really popular and it's promoting our product. So maybe mm -hmm. what we should do is just shut up and let it happen. Um, and which is, you know, that, that's a valid, uh, uh, strategy in some cases. And also YouTube even allows, if you're a content owner and you discover someone's got your content on YouTube, mm -hmm. you can actually work with YouTube so that if they put ads on that content, you're the one who gets the money from the ads. Hey. So, you know, then you're like, oh, sure, let them keep my, copyrighted material up there. Just give me the money from the advertisement. Right. Because that way that means I don't have to upload it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if multiple people are doing it, then I collect it from multiple streams and I'm rolling in cash while people are, are keeping their videos up. So uh, they, they've done a lot to work with content creators to make sure that they're satisfied that YouTube's not promoting copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. uh, they even have a, a, a technology called Content ID, 
mm-hmm. that scans videos looking for uh, copyright violations. That's helpful because with the amount of material that's uploaded every day. 48 hours per minute. Every minute that passes, 48 hours of material are uploaded to YouTube. Wow. Yeah, so two days worth of, of videos are uploaded each minute. So, yeah, you know, you, you figure like there's there's way more content on YouTube that anyone could ever see in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've got that much content going up and you even if you had a staff of thousands, you could not pour through all the hours of content searching for copyright infringement uh, instances and respond to them. It's just impossible. And if and. If you were to put some sort of limitation on that, it would hurt the users. And that was YouTube's argument, and the the district court agreed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, YouTube has now moved into the realm of, of creating its own content in a way, too, because earlier in 2011, which is the year in which we're recording this, uh, YouTube reached an agreement to uh, to buy next new networks. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and they, they're, uh, they have, uh, their own online videos. So now YouTube is not only partnering with different providers, but they are, uh, in some respect doing their own thing. So, yeah. um, YouTube has really matured greatly in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, and, and we had someone ask us how people on YouTube make money. That would be the partner program. Uh, yeah, the partner program allows people, not just people, but companies as well. I mean, you've got established companies like music companies and mm-hmm. and television and movie studios that can partner with YouTube. But uh, uh, we usually think of the individual partners. Um, these are the YouTube video uh, creators who uh, create a video and it goes viral like David after the dentist. YouTube hey, will, Apple. Yeah, YouTube will approach the the person who uploaded that video and say, hey, you know, your video is getting really good traffic and it would benefit both us and you if we could put advertisements against that video. Mm-hmm. And if we do this, you will get most of the money from the advertisement. You know, most of that that cash is going to go to you. We'll we'll just take a percentage of it. And because YouTube has lots of partners, millions of partners, those little percentages that YouTube takes adds up. And volume. And then the person who created the video gets most of the actual ad money for their particular video. So that's how you can actually make money off YouTube. If you create a video that goes viral and has millions of views, you can make enough money where, like I said, that could be your living. There are people who, who pull six figures mm-hmm. from their YouTube videos from advertisement. That's, that's a lot of cash. Yeah, it is. You know, and if you're able to consistently create videos that get that kind of traffic, which is really difficult. A lot mm-hmm, of these videos mm-hmm. are memes, which means it's a flash in the pan. You see it and you think it's amazing and it's awesome and it becomes like the talk of the internet for an extended time. But then you do your next thing and no one pays attention because it's not the first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen that happen a lot. Not everyone can be Ninja Cat. Right, right. Uh, not everyone, you know, like I think of the... um the well evolution of the dance like yeah. mm-hmm. that first video was crazy popular 182 million views mm-hmm. he did a second video evolution of the dance 2 which still is popular i mean way more popular than most videos right. significantly more like 17 million views or something mm-hmm. but still that's one tenth of the views that his older video got mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh that's probably a bad example because with 17 million views i'm sure he's still very comfortable with the amount of money that <laughs> video pulls in, but 
uh, you know, that that's just an example of, of how you might create something that goes really – does really well and then the next thing you create doesn't really hit anybody. Yeah. Uh, that being said, there are people out there who are creating content – Putting it up on YouTube and just making a living off of it. They've got, you know, people who have subscribed to that channel and they're just, uh, they're just killing it. Well, I know what, that some people, uh, may say, well, that sounds great. And then six months from now, they're going to write in and say, Hey, Jonathan, you said that I could make six figures on YouTube. Well, the thing is your mileage may vary and Google will tell you that. If you look yeah. at the FAQ for the partner program, it says there's a question that says, how much money can I expect to make? And they, the answer essentially says, well, you, you can't expect to make anything necessarily. Yeah. It, it varies with the content of, you know, uh, the public is fickle. So you never know what's going to be the next flavor of the week. Hopefully it'll be you. Yeah. Uh, in which case, cut us in. Um, but, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that you can generate the kind of traffic that's gone, going to allow you to, to quit your job. Or avoid getting one in the first place. Yeah. Now, if you if you create a video that gets some good traction, YouTube might end up promoting that on their main page, which that'll help. Yeah, that'll help a lot. That'll that'll drive even more traffic. But uh, so there is YouTube can do some things that will help the bottom line for you, but you have no control over those things. Yeah. You know, you, the best advice I can give anyone who's looking at you putting up videos on YouTube is one. Don't expect to make money. Don't do it for the money because if you're doing it for the money and it doesn't work out, then you're going to be really disillusioned and disappointed. Yeah. And two, put out the best stuff you possibly can make. Original stuff. Yeah. All original stuff. Or they won't take it. Right. Do an original piece. Make it the best you can make it. And best means different things. Like it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the most polished video. It, It may mean that it's, you know, something that's just, it strikes that funny bone. You know, it's the thing that like it's that perfect timing where anyone who watches it immediately just has that big reaction. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you just got to put out the best stuff you can. And then if it resonates with people, then, you know, things could move on their own. But uh, that's you know, you can't you can't expect that or aim for that. You just have to aim for doing the best you can and hope that 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 catches on. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I know people who are trying to do that right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's you know, good advice for anyone. And uh, of course, you know, you also have to get to the point where you're not going to mind if people put ads up on your content because yeah. that's how you would actually make the money. Um, I can't believe they put an ad on my thing. <laughs> Worst what? video ever. Uh, also, YouTube now supports uh, HD content. They didn't originally, yeah, but they do now. And apparently, um, they now have more HD content on YouTube than you will find on any other online site. That's impressive. Yeah. So, uh, but not particularly surprising. Not not entirely surprising. And ten percent of all the videos on YouTube are actually available in HD, which is again pretty impressive because that that doesn't just mean that uh, you know YouTube is able to support that. It mean also speaks a lot about how HD cameras have filtered into the consumer market and how they're taking a larger and larger share. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10%, that's pretty impressive. Um, and, oh, their content ID software I talked about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many, uh, how much video it scans each day? No. 100 years worth every day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a century worth of video. Like, if you were to actually watch those videos back to back, it would take you a century to watch them. That's how much uh, the content ID scans each day. That's amazing. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and, and they've got more than 17 million users now, and 
lots of millions of different channels. You know, you can create a channel and, um, have a whole playlist of videos that are related to one another. There are, there are a lot of examples now of web video series that used YouTube to really get a foothold and become successful. The Guild is an example. Yeah, Felicia ex- Day's The Guild, which that's is exactly kind of what I was that's the example, right? Yeah. Uh, but but Chad Vader. Yeah. The Chad Vader web video series was also they used YouTube and that got a leg up there. Um, there are other other sites that uh, use YouTube in order to encode the videos and then they'll ho- they'll they'll link the video onto their site so you can watch the video on their site, but it's still living back at YouTube's uh, uh, servers. Yeah. So Red versus Blue is another example of that. I've talked about that show multiple times, but they yeah. they use that. If you pay attention, you'll see. Oh wait, there's the little YouTube logo down there. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting stuff. Oh, and I, I remember I was going to say uh, I was going to tell people what the most watched video of all time according to the time of this podcast. Yep. Do you know what it is already? Well, I already foreshadowed it. Yeah, you did. So you know you know the name anyway. Yeah, it's Justin Bieber. Do you know which song it is? Isn't it Baby? Baby, yeah. Um, you want to you want to take a stab at how many how many views? I'll tell I'll tell you this. Not it, it's it's fewer than a billion. Last time I saw it was more than five hundred million. Yeah, they more people have watched that video since you saw it. Yeah, because I didn't. I, I I got it from an article, not from actually going to YouTube. Six hundred and forty two point seven million views. That's impressive. That's a lot of babies. Yes, it is. It's a, it's a that's like a that's like a couple of countries worth of babies right there, and 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 you know I know a lot of people are not Justin Bieber fans, but you have to admit it's it's kind of amazing that we're living in an age where somebody's video that they post to YouTube uh, is enough to propel you to be an international star. Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes sense that we're also recording this on Friday, Friday. <laughs> I mean, there's another example, right? Yeah. Another mm-hmm. video that went viral, and I mean, for good, or, for good or for ill, and you know, she definitely she she made quite a bit of money off that, and then ended up donating it. I think, which yeah. is pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it, it is interesting, and it's nice that YouTube exists, and it gives people who are really creative and who have access to some very basic uh, video capture and editing software. Uh, the ability to share their vision with everybody else. Now, in some cases, you're going to get like, you know, the, the standard, uh, I was shooting video and this funny accident happened. I mean, those videos are always going to be popular on YouTube, but you've got a lot of actual, like, written content on YouTube too. Mm-hmm. Sketches and maybe some improv stuff as well. And musicians who are just recording themselves playing various things. Mm-hmm. People who otherwise would never have had a platform. They just would not have ever had that chance. They wouldn't be one of those lucky few who were seen by the right person to move up to the next level. Well, YouTube really gives them that, that chance. Yeah. And again, it's not a sure thing. I mean, you might be the most talented person in the world and upload a video that is gorgeous and people just don't watch it. Sometimes that happens, but it's a much better chance than being someone who's Working year after year after year in dive bars trying to be discovered as the next, you know, R&B singer or something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris can tell you. He's, he's, he's. I'm not the next R&B singer. No, but you're, you're, you know, you beat the skins. Yeah. True. You know, you've, 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 you've had a taste of the rock and roll lifestyle. You know how elusive it is. How do you afford that rock and roll lifestyle? I don't know. I always smash a guitar at the end of every show. That's. That's not how you do it. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. So 
that, that, I guess that'll wrap up our discussion on YouTube. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we kind of signed off? No, but in, in terms of, of internet success stories, uh, obviously YouTube is one of the biggest and in just a few short years, yeah. uh, you know, six and a half years as of the time we're recording this amazingly short period of time. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, I think it just serves as an indicator of how much the internet has changed people's lives. It's, it's also interesting. It shows that if you just recognize that there is a need for something out there and mm-hmm. you build, you build a robust enough platform for it, you can become a success. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same sort of thing is true of other big success stories on the internet, like Facebook or yeah. Twitter, you know, or even Google. Things that uh, companies that build a service that they just see that there is the opportunity to either introduce something totally new or to improve upon something that previously existed but just was not ideal and and have success from it. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great story. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, I'm hoping that it continues to uh, to to grow. And um, I'm really curious to see what kind of uh, content comes out of it, because you know, we're seeing a lot of really creative stuff and mm-hmm. I would love to, to like maybe five years from now think about wouldn't it be cool if everybody was staying around the water cooler talking about the latest episode of a web series mm-hmm. that had been using YouTube as a, uh, as a platform rather than talking about the latest television episode. Right. Or in addition to television episodes. I mean, I could easily see that happening. Um, although, of course, with the amount of content that's available on YouTube and the variety of content that's available on YouTube, you may not have quite as many people watching the same stuff. <laughs> True. <laughs> like, I was watching channel number 5,683 last night. What were you watching? <laughs> oh, I was like three orders of magnitude over. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up with, um, with, you know, the only quote I can think of, which is, uh, Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> um, if any of you out there want us to talk about anything specific, specific companies or services or technologies you want, you know, you, you might be thinking, you know, this is really interesting, but I've always wanted to know how a Sherman tank works. Could you please go ahead and do that episode? Let us know. Uh, you can email us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com, or you can visit us on Twitter or Facebook. Our handle there is techstuff, H-S-W. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Work's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?